0: Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the On Life podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on Life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. All right, here we go on Life with Helen. Today I have Mitchell Cooper here, and he is from Mutual Omaha, and he is a specialist in reverse mortgage. And we are going to talk today about myth. I call it myth busting. So myth versus facts. And so the reason that I, Mitch and I were having coffee last week and I'm like, yeah, I was talking to a client. I was doing an insurance review and she was struggling with how to kind of finance her husband's declining health and and the help that they might need and so on and so forth. And I brought up reverse mortgage as a possible option. And, oh, my God, I mean, like the fear just kind of came over her face. And I thought, <laughs> oh, poor Mitch, he's got to put up with this all the time. <laughs> so when we had coffee, I kind of brought this up. And and you are gracious enough to come on the podcast again. And so we're going to talk about eight myths versus facts that we're going to bust today, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so, Mitch, why don't you kind of talk generally about the kind of things that you have to deal with the old way reverse mortgages work as opposed to the new way. And then uh we're going to get started on these eight myths.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back on. Always sure. a fun time. So, you know, if we kind of maybe we talk about the history of reverse mortgages, right. you know, reverse mortgages started in the 60s and they were started by insurance companies. Essentially, how those worked is they would buy the house off of the client. And give them maybe a monthly, monthly amount, but allowed them to live in the home. And it worked actually really well for a lot of people. It was able, they were able to live in their home and and get some additional income that they needed. The problem happened was. When the client would outlive their life expectancy, the insurance company would say, well, we've paid you in full for your house, right. so it's time for you to move out. And well, typically you're talking about single women in their 70s and 80s getting right. kicked to the curb. So, you know, <laughs> stroke, if you want to give yourself a bad name, that's a right. pretty good way to do it. And so that changed in 1989. The FHA came out with their reverse mortgage. So It was actually signed into law by Ronald Reagan. It was an act of Congress that started the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, which is the FHA reverse mortgage. So most people still today do not know that it's 95% of reverse mortgages are in the the United States or FHA. They're created by the FHA and regulated by the FHA, insured by the FHA. And we're just the ones providing the money, but we got to follow all their rules. So, you know, that's kind of interesting. And that's where we still see a lot of myths from the old days. And the FHA still had... They still had some things that took them 30 years to get right. You know, there's, right. there was updates along the way, big changes in 2009, 2013 that, that have made this product better and better over the years. One of a analogy that one of our loan officers on the East coast, Don Graves talks about is picture a cell phone in 1989 and all they did was call people and receive calls and they weighed two and a half pounds and. Right.
0: <laughs> Barely anyone
1: had them, and now we have these supercomputers in our pocket, and a lot of people don't even make calls or receive calls on them anymore. Right, yeah. right. So not only has the product changed, the use of the product has changed. Yeah, you
0: can't even get anyone to pick up a phone call anymore. <laughs> right, <laughs> you have to text them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the same with reverse mortgages, right? It's it's uh, thirty years since CFHA started, a little over now, and they have changed a lot over that time, just like most things do. So. Right.
0: All right. So let's just kind of get to it here. I'm excited. So I will mention the myth and I'm going to let you bust it. Okay. With the facts. Sounds sounds good. All right. The first one, myth one, the lender is on title or owns the home. So go ahead and bust this one wide open. Yeah.
1: So that's like what we said in the 60s, right? They did actually take ownership of the home. That is not true. That's no longer true. We're a lien on the property, just like any other lien, right? So if you have a mortgage with Wells Fargo that you make monthly payments on, you know, we always say, "Yeah, we're a homeowner." That doesn't change. It's just a, a lien on the property that doesn't require monthly mortgage payment. Kind of the ch- the cheat sheet for the myths is the four most important words when you think about myths with reverse mortgages: it's just a mortgage, right? right? And so it's just a lien on the property. No, we don't take title on a typical loan. Your loan requirement is that you pay your monthly mortgage payments. For a reverse mortgage and loan requirement is that one of the borrowers is living there and that they're paying their property taxes and homeowners insurance on time. And if they have a homeowners association, that they're paying that on time as well. So those are the loan requirements that need to be met. And then we're just a mortgage on the property.
0: And they do have to maintain the property also, correct? Yeah. They also have to
1: maintain the property. And that's an interesting (laughs) one because it's a huge gray area. They don't really define what that is. I've never heard of that being used. I've never met anyone that's had that being used. But yes, that is also a loan requirement that you maintain the property.
0: All right. Number two, the funds received from a reverse mortgage are taxed.
1: Yeah. So... The correct answer to this is go talk to a licensed or a professional tax consultant. Always, <laughs> but the lo- it's a loan, right? And so, receiving money from a loan is is not taxed. It also, you know, there's a provisional income test for Social Security. It's not considered income for that as well, so Perfect. it's not going to affect that
0: or Medicare. Correct?
1: Yeah, you got to be a little careful with like MediCal or Medicaid because right. they actually look at assets in the bank. So that's where we say, you know, talk to an attorney and and make sure you talk to specialists in that before, you know, we go down that route, but correct. so All right. Yeah, it's not income. You're borrowing money. So it's not actually considered income.
0: Great. Okay. Myth number three, reverse mortgages are risky and the funds are not guaranteed if something happens to the
1: lender. Yeah, this one is really interesting because this one just got tested in November 2022. So... Part of the FHA insurance, you know, kind of t- to talk about one of the big fees on a reverse mortgage is the upfront mortgage insurance that goes to the FHA to insure the loan. And if you think of traditional mortgage insurance, there, it's pretty much there to only protect the lender, right? It doesn't give a lot of protections to the borrower. That's different on this loan. There's actually quite a bit of protections for the borrower as well. One of those being if that reverse mortgage company goes out of business, that loan is still being held. And so in November, we had a top five reverse mortgage company shut its doors. Mm. And so, you know, it kind of created a little bit of probably a little fears in those clients that had loans right. with them. But they've all been transferred to HUD and, and they're taking care of them. And so line of credits, loan, all that stays the same. They're just no longer with that company. And that's part of that FHA insurance. That's part of that protection that, so that they do still have their loan, their line of credit, their loan without a mortgage payment. Everything transferred really, really smoothly.
0: So that contract was just honored in full with no changes, yeah. correct?
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: That's awesome.
1: So it's a major protection. It's something I always bring up. And I usually say, you know, Mitra of Omaha is a 110 plus years old. We're not worried about it. But um, that was interesting in November. It was the first time that it really got tested. And, and it honestly, it went incredibly smooth.
0: Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you don't ever want these things to happen. But when right. they do, and you can actually talk to your clients about yeah. the scenario that happened and how the results turned out, that's always helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's actually one of the most regulated mortgages available. Oh, I'm sure. And and safe.
0: Okay, myth number four. The borrower can end up owing more than the home is worth.
1: Yeah, so this one's kind of interesting. So it's called a true non-recourse loan. Which means by law, if, you know, they were to leave the home or the home's upside down and they pass away and that kind of a thing, and the home is truly upside down, we cannot come after any other assets. So the debt is limited to the home. That's the only asset we can take possession of. So as you say, you know, you can have a million dollars in the IRA and be upside down by one dollar. We can't touch it. So it is possible for the loan balance to be more than the value of the house. That is possible. But when it comes time for the loan to be due, You know, when they're no longer living there or they decide they're moving to assisted living, right? Because one of them has to be permanently living there. That's one loan requirements. Or they pass away. That's one way to not be permanently living there. (laughs) At that point, the loan is due. And then they, like we said, we can only collect the home. They would sign a deed in lieu and and mail the keys and be done with it. And so it is possible for the loan balance to accrue to be higher than the value, but the debt is limited to the home. It's called a true non-recourse loan.
0: Okay, great. And
1: that's because, again, that FHA insurance is going to pay the shortfall. So we're covered by the FHA.
0: Nice. These are really good things for people to understand because it truly operates differently than all those stories that we that we hear out there from
1: mm-hmm. people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Myth number five, when the reverse mortgage becomes due, either the lender takes slash sells. The home or the heirs lose their inheritance. This is a really good one.
1: This one is really common and it's really funny because it's even common with our clients as they go through the process. Every now and then we have a client with like, well, I know you guys get the home when I'm done. And I go, no, not not necessarily. Actually, most of the time, because we're loaning so little, you know, we're loaning typically half the value of the house or less. There's a lot of room there. And so it all depends on what the housing market looks like when you leave, right? When you're right. done with the house. And so, no, you know, make sure, <laughs> please, like, go see an estate planning attorney, make sure that's taken care of, right? And get that because most likely there's a lot of equity left for your heirs and they will inherit the home. And then the loan is due, right? The loan is due at that point, but we don't take the home. Most chances, Let's say they, it's worth 400 they owe 250 Well, they're going to sell and take the 150 right? Minus the realtor fees and everything. So we don't automatically take possession or anything like that. Like we said, the, the loan requirements are living there, paying your property taxes and insurance and HOA dues and maintaining the home. Those are reasons that the lender could foreclose. Often if you hear about a reverse mortgage foreclosure, every few years, some article comes out and it's usually that they haven't paid their property tax for several right. years. Because that is a loan requirement. And so, but no, we don't, you know, when they pass, we don't just automatically get their home. It's right. it's gonna be through their estate plan primarily. The loan is just due at that point, And the heirs have six months to pick to satisfy the loan.
0: That's was gonna be my question. So yeah. and that was one of the things that I shared with my client because she was concerned about not being able to pass along that piece of her estate to her daughter. And mm-hmm. The conversation I had was like, okay, well, your daughter can start writing $10,000 checks or you can find a way to finance this and then she can figure out getting a loan and taking care of the house down the road. And they just yeah. kind of giggled and they're like, okay.
1: <laughs> that is a solution. We have yeah. adult children that have the assets to do that, you know, right. and they go, oh, they're just going to pay for it. Go, oh, well, that's fantastic. You know, yeah, and, or
0: even get a mortgage. I mean, they can mm-hmm. figure that piece out down the road when mm-hmm. they can figure out how much is owed.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, they can refinance out of it to keep the home. Right. And that kind of thing. So there are options. I think if they truly want the home, that is definitely something to consider. Primarily, like you said, you got to take care of yourself and your own long term care before you're worrying about legacy. But if they truly want the home, I think that's part of the conversation. Most adult children are pretty set. And so nine out of 10 don't want the home. They want the money out of the home.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sometimes what Parents feel that their kids want that particular thing as part of the legacy is not necessarily true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's definitely something we bring up, especially if it's like a fourth generation. You go, okay, what's the plan here? You know, but for the most part, yeah, it's something in Del Web or whatever it is. The kids don't want it. <laughs> they don't want it. I'll so, take
0: it. I'm ready yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. All right. Myth six. If a borrower, Outlives their expectancy, the lender will kick them out of their homes. I know you spoke about this a little bit, but let's just go ahead and review it again. Yeah.
1: So one of the interesting things is a change that happened a a year and a half ago or so was they reverse mortgages used to have an end date, and it was always the youngest borrower's hundred fiftieth birthday.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) And so it was
1: designed not to end, but they actually got rid of that entirely now. So now they just don't have an end. And so no, you know the, the life expectancy. How old someone is determines how much they qualify for, but after that, that's not a factor. Again, it's it's just beating the loan requirements. Living one of the borrowers living there, paying the property taxes, homeowners insurance and HOA, then then you're covered.
0: Just out of curiosity, and know it's a little off topic, but the younger you are, the more you can borrow, or the older you are, the more you can borrow. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, vice versa. So the younger you are, the less we can loan. The FHA has just a loan to value.
0: Is that table, just because of longevity?
1: You know, they're insuring the loan, right? And so they're trying to make sure that you don't run out of equity. Got it. So the younger you are, as that loan, the more right. likely that's the case as that loan grows. Where if someone's 97, they're like, okay. Likelihood of them living here 20 years is probably pretty small. Right. So they can loan a lot more because they don't need that buffer. And that's why interest rates also affect it. So right, right. the lower the interest rate, the more we can loan because essentially the loan is growing slower.
0: Right, and so right. both
1: of those, it's just a factor of trying to keep them from running out of equity. Cool. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's go on to number seven. You can never get out of a reverse mortgage.
1: This is a really good one too. This is one that comes up a lot. It, people say I'm stuck or that kind of thing. Nope. Remember, it's just a mortgage. That's the one that answers most of these. It's just a mortgage. So if you want to sell your property, you call your favorite real estate agent and put it on the market and it's going to get paid out of escrow just like any other loan. Even if you're upside down, if you're upside down, you could sell it and participate in the short sale. But most would probably just sign the deed in lieu and mail the keys because that's Easier, and, and that would be something to maybe to talk to a tax professional about advantages or disadvantages of what to do there. But you know, really, you, that's it. I mean, you can get out, you can refinance out of it if you wanted to go back to a traditional loan. My hope is is if someone was trying, if their goal was to pay this off in a short time period, hopefully that came up in the initial conversation, and then right. they never put the reverse in place in the first place because right. it's, it's not the right. It's not the right use of the right it.
0: Right solution. Yeah.
1: But a, we always tell people if you win the lottery or there's no prepayment penalty and you're always even welcome to make mortgage payments on it. There's, there's no, people can choose to make a mortgage payment. There's just not required to make a monthly mortgage payment. And so no, it's, it's just a loan. You're not stuck. And a lot of times. People will blame the reverse for being stuck when that's not the issue. One of them was that they've been in the house for 50 years and they had a huge capital gains bill if they were to sell because the uh, house is appreciated so much. Right, uh, but but that has nothing to do with right, the reverse. Right, that's just, exactly, a, that's yeah. just making money on your house. That's a different issue. So you're not stuck if you have a reverse mortgage.
0: Okay, here we go. Number eight. A reverse mortgage can impact my Social Security and Medicare benefits. We touched on this lightly at the beginning, but maybe you can give us a little bit more information.
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, we did kind of mention it, but it doesn't affect, like you said, that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Social Security benefits can be taxed. And there's a provisional income test that includes, your, you know, half your benefits. And, you know, maybe that's another Podcast on how that's calculated, sure. but to the percentage, so it doesn't. Like I said, it's not income, so it is a loan, and, and it's not going to affect that. So it's not changing your Social Security taxation. It's not changing your benefit amount. It's not going to mess with Medicare, and because it is a loan, and so and that's the nice thing if it is someone that is receiving, let's say a thousand a month from the reverse, that is a thousand a month.
0: You know, right. we're not worried yeah. about
1: paying taxes and making it eight hundred, and so that that can really help, especially. If you're looking at taking from an IRA versus a reverse, right, know, right, you're going to take twelve fifty out of the IRA, pay taxes. Or are we going to take a thousand reverse, or maybe a mix of both? And that's where financial planners earn their uh, earn their value, in <laughs> right? Back.
0: Exactly. So that is our eight myths. But I'm curious if you have any other information on the myth busting line that you would like to share. Some other things that people kind of get
1: blurry about. Yeah, the big thing is like I said, it's just a mortgage and it's not going to be for everyone and it's an FHA mortgage. So it's not something to be afraid of talking with a professional about, especially someone that's going to really help see if it's a good fit for you or when it's a good fit, right? It might be something down the line. But it, some people say, oh, those are a scam and, and we joke, you know, if you want to talk about the government being a scam, we could have that conversation right, and I'm right. sure some would agree. But no, it's not a scam. It, it was put into place by Congress in eighty nine and and it's been in law, and it's an f h a loan, so' been around a long time, had a lot of changes and like like back to the cell phone, it's not what it was thirty years ago right it's very different
0: just, just out of curiosity, how long does the process take when you've decided just you know generally that you said, okay I'm, I want to do this. What does that process look like just in baby steps and and maybe how long?
1: Yeah, I generally tell clients about expect forty five to sixty days. We close a lot of them sooner than that, and some of them have issues that that drag out. You know, there's things that can come up. Repairs can get called on the appraisal. That just like when you're selling any your home. Period.
0: Right. Yeah, selling or
1: refinance. Refinance. More similar to a refinance. Right. Because that that's what it is. But yeah, so one thing is there is a counseling class that needs to be done before we can order services. That's done over the phone. There's HUD approved counselors. So there's several companies that offer that service. We're not allowed to tell or steer clients to a particular company. So we provide a three page list of companies that offer the counseling Mm -hmm. and the counselor is going to make sure that they're going to actually run through and, you know, make sure that they see that there's closing costs, that there is interest, that we're not promising some free money or anything ridiculous. And that they know that they have to live there and pay the property taxes and maintain the property and that kind of thing. And they're also kind of checking for capacity They're You know, they're going to say, okay, can you kind of explain that back to me? What I what I said, you know, that kind of a thing. It's just a class. It takes about an hour. It's done over the phone now. And um, all borrowers have to attend that. And then in California, there's actually an eight day cooling off period from when they take that before we can order services. So California can delay the process by eight days before we can really get started. And so yeah, initially we we typically will have the initial conversation and run numbers and show them what it would look like and then the next step is counseling. I mean, we really can't do anything until that's completed. So that'll be the kind of the next step for the clients for them to to call and schedule that. And then sometimes, you know, right now it's not too bad. There's been times where counseling was out 2 weeks before they could get people in. Right. So it's all ebbs and flows. Last year, we were waiting a month on an appraisal. Now it's two days on some of them. So, you know, things change, but yeah, I usually say that. Yeah, the holidays always
0: slow everything down, right? That's true too. Yeah. Yep. And last question, and then we'll go ahead and close this one down and we'll move on to, uh, this is going to be a two-parter. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So do you recommend that older parents bring their children in that they understand the process. I'm just curious if that's something that they recommend or you recommend so that you're not kind of battling things during the process or down the road.
1: It completely depends on the family dynamic. I love having the adult children a part of the conversation. Of course, I don't want the adult children to be running the conversation, or, or you know, or have some sort of influence issue. But yeah, absolutely, I think it's great to have them involved. You know, we always will try to leave our card and say, you know, put this with your trust and everything, right. so so that they know who to call and we can help explain that process when that time comes or anything like that. But it is good to let them know, hey, just FYI, this is what we're doing, and you know, so that we can know. Look, you're not. You're gonna probably sell the house and pay it off. It's not gonna be right. any different. Or worst case, you're you're signing the deed in lieu, and you sell the estate sale and and all that stuff. Get what you want. Just kind of help explain what it is. Most adult children, when they really learn what it is, or even adult children that have had parents go through it, start to finish, love the product. Yeah. Because they're typically like, look, you guys get to take care of yourself. You're not moving in with me. You know, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. They're like, oh man, we thought you were moving in with us. Yeah, we slid
0: through this one. Okay.
1: (laughs) And maybe that time comes down the road, but it extends that independency a lot longer. Right. Um, So, yeah, I love having a conversation because of the myths and things like that when they're not a part of the conversation. They think mom or dad or both are getting you know swindled or taken advantage of, right? Because right. they just have this myth in their head, or it's a scam, and and they weren't there to learn the truth. Right. That's when it is tough. So especially if it is something where they're like, "Oh, my son's a CPA, right. so I really want him to look at it." Absolutely, let's yeah. have him at the conversation. Yeah, if, it just if, makes it yeah. an easier. Yeah. Process. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Any closing words, Mitch, that you have for our audience on myth busting?
1: No, I don't think so. But Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, we're going to have a part two coming up here. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Mitch, thanks so much. And we'll be talking to you soon. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornellis podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, Helen at Ornelasinsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond.